message is dangerous whether I take it to heart or whether you take it to heart. And if I was to, to, to rename this message, I would, I would not just call it persevering through difficulty. Um, I, would, I would put under there, in some area of your life, don't give up. Don't give up. I'm excited to share this message with you today uh, because it gives me a second chance, third chance, fourth chance to, to take it in. Uh, you know, uh, just like Brother Jason was doing with y'all just now, sometimes you sing a lyric and sometimes you hear a lyric. Sometimes you, you read the Word of God and other times it's words of life. Today's message is entitled Persevering Through Difficulty. Persevering Through Difficulty. Um, I cannot think of a season in my life, or in anyone's life, where, where this message would not apply, where, where you don't need to persevere through difficulty. We all know this for sure. Uh, we all deal with constant, we, we, we want this to change every week. We're always, listen, we're always optimistic, okay? So I'm not being pessimistic right now, but we're always optimistic that today or tomorrow or this week will be the first ever perfect week in our lives. And then it happens again. And you're like, man, you know. We know life's full of ups and downs and difficulties. So today we're going to look at how to persevere through the difficulty. In fact, what does that even uh, mean in our lives? I want you to bow your heads with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, right now I pray that you would just remove any potential distractions going on around us or going on within us. Uh, God, focus our minds and our hearts. Lord, help us to tune into you and what you have to say, what you want us to hear, what you want us to do, what you want us to believe, God. Lord, just help us, Lord, as we know the enemy will do anything that he can to try to uh, uh, deter us from being able to hear or believe this, these words that you've uh, given us today. God, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to begin this, this, this uh, message with a working definition of perseverance because uh, sometimes we can't get on the same page uh, if, we don't, if we all have a different idea and perspective of what we're even talking about. So I want to give this to you. It's not up on the screen, okay? So you're going to have to listen and write it down. That, just put this down. This is the definition of perseverance. It is persistence, okay? Write that down. It is persistence. In doing something despite difficulty or delay. I'll tell you that again. Perseverance, it is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. So you may have things in your life right now, just like I do, to where you go, okay, you know what? I feel like this is definitely what God wants me to do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to be committed to that. I'm trying to take the next right step, but it's just getting really difficult. And, and that's when you, you either do or you don't operate with perseverance. I want to share with you five things that you need to understand about perseverance. God gave me these five things at the front of the week in, in, in just a matter of a minute or two as far as the actual points that I'm going to share with you today. Because uh, how many of you know when, it's, when God's flooding you something, it just floods to you, okay? It just, it just, it just I, I, so I'm just the bearer of the message. The first thing we see is this. Perseverance is not something you can rush, but is something in time that God builds through trials. Perseverance, it's not something you can rush, meaning it's not immediate. But it is something that in time, 
God builds through trials. It's very significant that you understand that perseverance cannot be developed and cannot even come to be in your life or my life without going through trials. God somehow has used things of our past to build perseverance, is using things in our present to, pers- to, to create perseverance, and plans to use things that we will go through in the future that we don't even know we're going to go through. Um, God's going to use that to give us the perseverance that need, we need to get where he's trying to take us. As a buddy of mine used to always say it, it took all of that to get where we are today. In fact, most of you, if you're just like myself, had you not gone through the things that you've gone through, you would not be where you are. And I don't mean that just in a, in a level of brokenness um, and, and weakness. Uh, by the way, though, it, it, it takes brokenness to have openness. It also takes you running flat into your weakness before you start saying, well, hey, Christ has to be my strength. God wants to produce in you and me through the very things we wish would leave us alone, okay? How many of you can identify with that? You got things in your life, you're like, listen, well, I wish he'd hurry up, okay? Because I'm about to go hillbilly deluxe, two pickup trucks, and, and, and God just, just if this is going to be the way life is, beam me up, okay? How many of you got something in your life that, that if you're just honest, whether you say it out loud or you don't, you kicking and screaming, you, you, you could apply at Waffle House because you scattered, smothered, and covered inside. And you just, you, you just had it, okay? And, and if, you, if, if you haven't, I'm just letting you know, I got several things in my life right now that, that I'm going, listen, you know what? Um, I, I, don't, I don't care to wrestle with those demons. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Scripture doesn't just say we're going to have a trial here or there, but, but trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, which leads you to believe if your faith was not being tested, you would just think life was always easy. It says in verse 4, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, I've said this before in in reference to our children. When you first um, become a parent, you spend a lot of years of your life trying to protect your children from hardship. And then ultimately, you're like, okay, all right, God, I see where this is progressing. Basically, now I can't protect them from anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm left to just just prayer and, and, and continually put it in, in God's hands. But what would you say to this if, 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 um, if I told you sometimes the worst thing we can do is, is try to um, paint a picture to our children that everything's going to be perfect? As well as if they never learn how to get through um, the smaller challenges of life, they certainly won't be prepared for the big challenges. You know, my, my, my boys... Um, I mean, my three oldest, they just turned August, September, now October, uh, 23, 21, 19. And, and, and I find myself um, having to resort to more of a coaching role now, you know, than, hey, you know what, I said get in the car, and you're going wherever we said you're going. You know what I'm talking about. Um, before, you were like, listen, Curly, Larry, and Mo, 
you, you do everything I say, and then, and then it gets to that point where all you can do is coach them, and, and I try the best I possibly can whenever God gives me opportunity for an adult conversation with any of my boys. I try to look for an opportunity not to preach at them, but to help them uh, just get a, gain a better understanding of, of how life really is, of the fact that, hey, you know what, if you think this is tough right now, you know, which I always say, like, that's very encouraging, Dad. You know, so basically you're just telling me life sucks. Well, kind of. But I'm also telling you God is good. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know that, that, hey, understand the difficulties. They're coming whether or not you take this step or that step. They're coming. Just make sure you seek to take the next right step. But I also want them to understand that, listen, just as I now thank God for the trials of yesterday they too will one day thank God for the trials of today because those trials are what take, I want you to write this down, the trials take the training wheels off your faith. That's what they do. They expose you. They take the training wheels off your, your, um, your, your, your bike of faith and all of a sudden you're, you're left to let Jesus take the wheel. Romans 5.3 says we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. You don't have to wonder whether or not God wants to use the trials to strengthen you and better you. We know that's the truth. But either we allow God to use the, the trials to develop in us this persevering faith, or we allow that very trial that God meant for good, we allow Satan to use it to absolutely paralyze us in fear and derail God's plans. But secondly, perseverance, it is not something outside of you but is powered by God's Spirit within you. Perseverance is not something outside of you. It's not something you can go buy from the store. It's not something we can even just hand to our children. It is something that must develop within you, and it is something also that must be powered within you through the Lord. Listen, it's very common for someone who's going through a very um, God-sized situation to say to, to me, um, Pastor, I can't handle this. Um, and I would say this to you. That's good that you realize that. Because the moment you, you can realize that you can't handle it, then you're at least finally open to turning to one who can. And I do want you to hear this because sometimes we just don't realize God's doing this in our lives. God uses these trials to get us back dependent upon him instead of trying to live independent of him. You need to reach that point to where you understand that you can't accomplish, accomplish much alone, but that as a child of God, as a believer in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that God has promised us his Holy Spirit, that is the resurrection Spirit of God, power of God, to dwell within us. And it is God's Spirit within us that makes anything possible, anything bearable. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. How are you going to make it through the stuff you're dealing with right now? God's empowerment. Without the power of God in your life, you and I would have given up long ago. We wouldn't even have got out to bed. Many of us would just be locked down on depression right now. I know I would. Listen, God's spirit within us, it empowers us. It gives us the, it, listen, I want you to write this down. God's, God's spirit within us, it gives us supernatural ability. 
The natural man can only take you so far, but it is God's empowering that helps you stay the course that God has for you and get where God has for you. Galatians 5, through 25 says, but the Holy Spirit, it produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. If I was to tell you where you and I get off track the most in our faith, it's when all of a sudden we start being led by the flesh instead of the Spirit. We start leaning on the flesh instead of the Spirit. The Bible never tells you from Genesis to Revelation that you're strong enough. It never says it. It just says, hey, you can't do anything apart from him. Our flesh, it is weak. Our flesh often wants to quit and give up. I want you to understand, you are not alone whenever you think about giving up. Our flesh is weak, and, and Jesus said himself, you need to keep staying alert and praying because the, the body's weak, but the spirit's willing. The spirit's willing. Listen, you can have all the willingness in the world to want to do something and want to get through something and want to do it God's way and yet just feel like you are so deflated and so discouraged and just so, so feeling like, hey, you know what? I can't do this. It's normal. It's natural, especially when you're dealing with something. Listen, some of you need to realize this. The greatest things in your life are the very things that you cannot do without a great, great God. When you get to the other side or you get through whatever it is or, or, or certain good things happen um, through whatever, I promise you this, it's not going to be a you story. It's going to be a God story. We must allow God's persevering spirit to lead us step by step. Listen, every detail of your life, you need to be God-dependent, not self-dependent. But thirdly, perseverance, it is not about getting over everything but learning how God can take you through anything. I bet you I've said it so many, many a time because I've learned it from others. That perseverance, it is not about getting over everything, but it is learning how God can take you through anything. See, all of a sudden, um, when you start gaining a persevering faith, it takes you from average, and then it puts you on a, on a ramp, and you're able to go above average. Humanly speaking, we aren't able to get over anything. I've got things in my past. You've got things in your past that you've been through. And you just can't get over those things. You can't get over how they made you feel. You can't get over how maybe um, a, a, you can have a trigger moment. That's not just with grief of loss of a loved one, but you have trigger moments, things that, that, that immediately um, uh, rise up the PTSD in you. But through our walk with Christ, we, we have to learn to trust Jesus, even through the difficulties. We have to learn to trust him no matter what. And I want you to write this down. It is a learning process. It is not something you arrive at. Sometimes um, I would pray about certain things, and I just expected to, okay, well, God, just like um, the magician takes, the, um, takes the, uh, the hat and is like, abracadabra, I'm about to bring a bunny out of the hat. 
oftentimes we're, we're expecting to pray about something and all of a sudden the adversity to just be lifted. We just think it's going to be vanished and, and yet we wake up and things are still difficult. You have to understand that you have to learn to persevere, not to expect life not to be difficult. By the way, if it's, if it's a big deal and if it's really going to change the world, it's going to be challenging. Look what the Apostle Paul said, despite all of his circumstances and things that he had been through, how he had to learn this thing called perseverance. Philippians 4, 11 through 13, Paul says, I've learned to be content. He says, I've learned to be content, not that I want to be content. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is like to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. He's not just talking about a positive attitude here. He's talking about a con complete dependence upon the Lord and that his past problems have proven to him that God is faithful, even when things feel upside down. Listen, God's word is full of men and women of faith that here's what separated the above average people of faith from people that just have an average approach, and that's this. They continued on to persevere and endure difficulty. Listen, they did not allow the challenge before them to, di to dictate the commitment within them. Romans 15, 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Listen, everything in God's Word from Genesis to Revelation, it is not just to be a revelation, but inspiration. It's meant to inspire you. Listen, you can't get through much of anything without perseverance. So you might as well quit now if you think that it's just going to be automatic that you get through things that no one just gets through apart from the Lord. But fourthly, perseverance, it never happens by chance, but only by choice. Perseverance never happens by chance, but only by choice. Listen, for you to get through much of anything, you've got to decide. I want you to hear this part and write it down. You've got to decide before the storm that you're going to continue to persevere. You got to decide before what happens on Monday morning, because Monday morning's going to test you. Wake up tomorrow and see if the preacher isn't right. Tuesday's going to ch challenge you. You could listen. How many of you know what I mean when I say you you were at church on a Sunday? You gave every last ounce from your head to your toe to the Lord. You were like, man, we can do this. I got this. This is rolling. And then the demons started coming. And you were like, well, listen, I didn't grow up speaking in tongues, but I'm about to. Listen, you, you, you can't get through much of anything without a, a resolve within you. I want you to write this down. You need to resolve that you're going to walk by faith. Come hell or high water. That you're going to take the path that God has for you step by step by step. That's how you get where God wants you to go is you keep letting him lead you to the next step. This only happens by choice. It never happens by chance. If you, if you give in to your feelings this week, you will post something on social media that, that even though Facebook said what's on your mind, you just gave people a piece of your mind that you need to take back. Okay? 
If you just think that that you're just going to coast on through the storms that you're facing, all the devil needs is a small window of you giving in, and you can lose a lot of ground. People lose their integrity sometimes overnight. Just, just from thinking that, hey, you know what, I can just roll through this, and you can't. It's got to be a, a choice. It's got to be a resolve in you. Philippians 3, 13 through 14, here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. What is he saying? He's like, listen, I'm going to learn from the past, but I'm not going to live in the past. You ever done that way? You, you, you're not trying to live in the past, but you're living in the past. But he says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what's ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And by the way, there's two kinds of people that wake up each day. People who, who wake up and say, hey, I create my own purpose. And then there's people who go, God has a purpose. The people who are saying God has a purpose and God has a plan, we are seeking that plan. We're not trying to write our own script. We're trying to go to the scriptures. We're trying to seek the Lord. Let his spirit lead us, not just our feelings and our flesh. There was a man named Moses. He was a great man of God. And after God called him to go and free his people from from Pharaoh, he had to keep following God with a persevering faith. Moses had to be willing, listen to this, he had to be willing to suffer and endure affliction. Now, as a pastor, my personal favorite books in the Bible are are books in the Bible that are considered, um, uh, you know, letters of God for pastors. Um, uh, Two of those main letters in Scripture are 1 and 2 Timothy. I can guarantee you I've read each one of them at least 100 times through a piece. Not talking about just referencing, I'm talking about reading through, because I'm like, God, all right, remind me what I'm supposed to do. And one of the first things that always jumps off the page is when, when all of a sudden yeah, God says, um, listen, you need to, pastor, but this goes for anybody, endure hardship. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist, but endure hardship. Expect hardship. And choose to be faithful despite hardship. Do you hear me, what I'm saying to you? You have to be willing to endure affliction or you're not going to get where you think you're going to get because you're going to quit before you ever get that. That's what separates those who get to see and those who don't. You can be walking by faith for years and, and be in the third quarter, okay? I want you to hear this part. It could be in the third quarter of a football game, but you and I know the fourth quarter is going to determine whether you win the game. And some of you, you're in the fourth quarter of a journey that God's had you on, and Satan's just wore you down over time, and, 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 and it's, it's just continued to beat because he knows you're tired, he knows you're weary, he knows you're discouraged, and he's like, listen, now will you quit? Now will you give up? Now will you no longer lean on faith and just realize that's just a superficial crutch? And yet, that's part of the journey. Look at what Moses did, Hebrews eleven twenty four 24 through 26. It says, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He, he choosing, rather, to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches 
than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. Listen, if you aren't willing to endure hardships, if you aren't willing to do things other people aren't willing to do and endure things other people aren't willing to to endure because of their faith, you will not see things and experience things that other people um, uh, don't experience. You you can't live like the culture and expect um, Christ's way. But last but not least, perseverance. It is not always easy, but it is always necessary and rewarding. Perseverance is not always easy. In fact, I would say most of the time it's not easy, okay? If it's perseverance, it's not easy. Here's why. Because that, that always brings resistance. That always brings adversity. But it is always necessary and rewarding. It's kind of like patience because they go hand in hand. If you like patience, that's good for you. I hate patience. Okay? I hate patience. I'm still waiting on. I I used to always joke. I said, well, listen, um, guys, you know that rib that they said that they made Eve from, taking that rib from, from Adam? I'm convinced that the rib that our wives took was the rib of patience. And they've been lording it over us the rest of our lives, beating us with that rib. I can hear some wife right now. I'm not going to give you your rib back, but I'm going to beat you with it. But not all men, but a lot of men, you're like myself. Patience is not very much in your DNA. And, And listen, you might be patient in one area of life and not patient in other areas of your life. Hebrews 10, 36 says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. See, most people, they look at the the purposes and the will of God as just a cross to bear. And it is a cross to bear, but it is also a way of promise. It leads to the best life because some people are like, well, listen, why would I give up my whole life to Christ and, and deny myself of everything that everybody else gets to enjoy? We've all been there, by the way. In fact, at our house, we, 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 we spend many a boring night on a Friday night right at our house feeling like, my Lord, are we missing everything? You know, maybe we need to go get a couple extra cold ones and, 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 and get out there on the dance floor, which nothing wrong with the jitterbug. My granddaddy used to do that, by the way. But how many of you know there's, there's some things that, that the only reward they're getting or we're getting with certain things are here. But the things of God give you reward forevermore. That's the difference in earthly versus eternal. The will of God, you, you have to know it is worth it. By the way, I want you to write this down. This is something God had given me this week. Um, don't ask yourself when you're doing something, don't ask yourself, is is it, um, is it difficult? Ask yourself, is it worth it? Okay? Is it worth it? Because if, if you can't see its worth, then you can't endure its difficulty. So, so you could say that as a parent. You could say that as a spouse. You could say that as a student. You could say that as a leader. You could say that in your faith. Is it worth it? It is if it's the will of God. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You know how we reflect our love for God? We listen to God. That's simply it. 
He says, uh, if you love me, you will obey my commands. The way you find out whether someone loves the Lord is, is their life, is there, are they seeking in their life to live as an offering to him? Many people remember a man named Job for only one reason, and that's going, okay, well, hey, nobody suffered more than Job. No one went through more than Job. And, and I can remember um, when, I was, when I was down uh, for those four years, I can just remember in my pain and in my affliction, I would cling to Job. It was the first time that I really read through every single word and detail of the book of Job. And then I came across this part in Job where I really got this, this huge bit of hope because most people, while they remember all of Job's suffering and all that he endured in the first part of his life, they forget what he experienced in the second half of his life. Job 42, 12, I started writing this scripture down, started meditating on it, and it came true in my life. It says, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. See, you might have spent the first part of your life doing things your way, and I don't mean this any, any rudeness to you, but I ask you, how did that work out for you? Because it never worked out good for me. It's never. Anytime I've taken the reins back, I make a bigger mess, and it's a greater hardship. But I found that when I put all my eggs in his basket and genuinely God knows my heart is right with him and seeking his will and his will alone and I continue to do that and endure whatever came and declare and already resolve in my heart and mind that I'm going to walk by faith regardless of my feelings, then God starts showing up, showing out, and he blesses you and you see things that other people would quit before they get to see. I want you to write this down. Perseverance is not something you need sometimes. It is something you need all the time. As I reflected back on my life, here's what I started remembering. I started going, well, God, show me times in my life that I needed perseverance. He's like, son, very early on. You had to have that as a student in school. You had to have that as a student in college. You had to have that as a, as a parent all these years. You've had to have that as a leader. You've had to have that as a, as a husband. You've had to have that as a child of God who needs to seek to live with Christ leading and not just following the crowd. You always need perseverance to get through things in life. If, again, if you, if you give up right before you're going to see the breakthrough you're going to miss the breakthrough. And, and I start looking back and I go, God, every time that I leaned on your faithfulness and every time that I ever throughout my life of, of ministry or anything um, sought to just keep leaning in and not leaning on me or anybody, God has always been faithful. All I needed to do was not give up. I've had times where I have given up. Didn't even know I was giving up. And by the way, I want, you to, I want you to remember this because this is something you have to watch very carefully. Right before you give up, a lot of times you give out. Okay? It's called burnout. All right? So you have to watch that very, very closely. That's something I try to keep a tab on because I've experienced that before. And so you get in this tug of war and you got this battle going on and, 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 and the devil's always trying a new way to tempt you to give up. As soon as you conquer one, there's, there's something else. And, and you need to understand that if you don't give up and if you're following the Lord completely, 
day by day by day, there's no question in my mind that you will say from this point forward, and later on, you'll be like, Pastor, I'm so glad that I chose to not give up on the Lord, and I chose not to, to give up in this situation or that situation, because staying the course made all the difference. By the way, I just got to say this as, as, as a parent, you know, we're starting to see things with our boys that, that quite honestly, we didn't get to see for most of the years. We, we spent most of the teenage years just cringing, going, Lord Jesus, who in the world, what aliens invaded these boys? How are we, uh, you, you, know, you, you know how that is a parent? You're like, man, it must just be because I, I do stink as a parent. It must just be because I can't get things perfect or I don't know how to do this or that. And, and, and what God ends up showing is the same thing that my parents got to see. Um, by grace, through faith, a lot of good can come. You, you start getting to see God do things, and the only thing you felt like you did was hold on and not leave them. Okay? You, you, you feel like this. You're just on a ride, and, and you're like, man, this is, this is tough. But that's the case for a lot of things. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I got to say this to you. Sometimes we're wanting things to happen prematurely. One, God's not done developing the perseverance that he wants to develop through the trial that you're facing right now. But also, you may not be ready for what you're praying for yet. Okay, he has to ready you first. In fact, the greatest thing I heard, this was just a few years ago, and it changed my thinking. The greatest breakthroughs happen in you first. In you first. Not in God changing all the people or the circumstances around you, but God changing you. And sometimes he's got to rattle your cage to get you to the cross. Here's the final truth today. The only way to live with a persevering faith is to keep your eyes on Jesus. The only way that any of us stay the course is to keep our eyes on Jesus. Listen, there's going to be tons of things that come your way that distract you. There's going to be tons of things that come your way that discourage you. If those things keep evolving, you will get depressed. By the way, the key to overcoming depression or getting through depression is fixing your eyes on Jesus, your Savior, not your situation. We all are prone to that at all times. Sometimes I'm like, man, I'm good, I'm good. Other times I'm like, now, no offense to Pee Wee Herman, but I'm like, Craig, what, what are you? Are you, are you? Do you just have a Pee Wee Herman faith? Are, are you just this, are, are, can you be tossed and turned that easily? And the answer is yes, by the way. Because your feelings can get the best of you. But our faith was never meant to be focused on our feelings, but, but on, our, on our Savior. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, it says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with what? Perseverance, the race marked out for us. By the way, greatest thing that my youngest taught me at seven or eight or nine. I think he was seven. I'm listening to him pray, and all of a sudden the boy says, and God, please help us all because we know you have a path for each of us. I'm like, what are you talking about, son? I started believing it myself. I'm like, well, he's right. We have a path, okay? God has a path for you. He has a path for me. Not all of our paths are the same. 
So, so you got to stay focused. He says in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, he considered the cross that he was taking up worth it because he knew that going to the cross would save a multitude of souls. And so he, he stayed enduring because he knew that reward was to come. Verse 3 says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear my Father God, Lord, there's things in our lives, Lord, right now that, that we've lost heart about, that we've gotten discouraged about. Lord, there's, there's, there's a path that you've shown each of us, Lord, in some way, form, or fashion. And Lord, maybe we've gotten off that path. God, help us to get back on the path. Lord, help us to, to put our eyes back on you, Jesus, not our situation. God, help us to, to, to allow you through the trials that we've been through and tr through the trials we are going through to develop within us, God, a persevering faith that resolves that no matter what, God, we will follow you. Lord, knowing that you will prove faithful, you will reward the faithful. God, right now, we want to express our gratitude to you. We thank you for everything that you've done. We thank you for everything that you're doing. And we thank you for everything you're going to do as we just simply keep placing our faith in, your, in you, Lord, uh, over and over and over and over again. Lord, I, I pray for that person right now, Lord, that everything within them wants to give up, God, and yet everything within them knows that they need to stay the course. Lord, encourage them. Breathe life back into their faith. Put around them people that can help them up, Lord, and can walk with them forward. God, we give everything to you right now. God, make us a people that don't just get tossed and turned by the trials of this world, Lord, but know that even in the fire, you are developing within us a, a perseverance, and you always have a purpose for the storm. We give it to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. This altar is open. I'm available here. Should you want me to pray with you? Would you stand with us, please?